Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. We're going to continue our series. Hey, let's give our worship team a big hand clap, everybody. They did a great job today. Um, we're continuing our series today on um, immeasurably more, uh, living a generous life. And, uh, you know, money is something, and when we're talking about money, and we're talking about generosity, living a life of generosity. And um, last week we talked about how money's not stagnant, uh, how it's not static, like it's, 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 uh, it's either, you know, it, if you eat it, it's dead, if you save it, it's dormant, if you plant it, it's alive, amen. And so we talked a lot about that, so you can go check that out. And today, um, I'm going to talk to you along the subject of a heart touched by God. You know, money is something that the Lord spoke about, and, but it's something that we all deal with, right? Money is something that, that we all have to handle, we all have to navigate, and God gave us a responsibility. And he wanted us to understand this, first off, is that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, when it comes to money, it really helps us understand who's Lord in our life. Right, and so uh, I know sometimes in church it gets uh, it, it can kind of get weird when 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 people pastors talk about money. I don't want it to be weird for you. I'm responsible for your soul, as your pastor and your shepherd. I'm 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 here to give you the full counsel of God, not just the counsel you like. Oh, thanks for coming, everybody. That was wonderful, right out the shoot. All right, and so uh, I read this. I thought this was funny. It's uh, Ann Landers. I had an interesting letter in her column, and it was from a girl who was writing about her uncle and aunt. And she said, my uncle was the tightest man I've ever known. <laughs> Somebody knows a tight man. Did you hear him laugh right there? Okay. All his life, every time he got paid, he took $20 out of his paycheck and put it under his mattress. Then he got sick and was about to die as he was dying, he said to his wife, I want you to promise me one thing. Promise, promise me, she asked. She said, she said I, he said, I want you to promise me that when I'm dead, you'll take my money from under the mattress and put it in my casket so that I can take it all with me. The girl's uh, letter began to continue to tell the story that her uncle had passed away and his wife had kept the promise of taking the money from the mattress and burying it with him in the casket. But there was kind of a, there was a switcheroo to this, and here's, here's what she did. She went and she got all the money from the mattress that day that he had passed away, and she went to the bank and deposited it. Then she wrote a check out, put it in the casket. <laughs> Come on, somebody. How many know that's thinking? I kept my promise, but by God, I'm going to use it. <laughs> and so we can't, how many know we can't take our money with us? We can't take our possessions, our house. And the reason that is, is because we don't own it anyway. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be good stewards of what God has placed in our lap. And so Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20 says this. This is our text for the series. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that, it is a, that is at work within us. You know, God is able, and he's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Now, we can believe that, 
But we also have to understand there are principles that go with that promise. A lot of times we think we can take a promise, extract it, and we can believe that promise but not change behavior. We can't just take a promise and live any way we want and expect that promise to be fulfilled. When you take a promise from God, there's always going to be a behavior change. There's always going to be a switcheroo. Per, switcheroo, I don't know where I heard that at. That's twice I've said it this morning, so whatever. There's always going to be this change that has to happen in our behavior for promises to be filled because it's not a, promises from God are not a magic wand. You can't just take a promise from God and be like, okay, you're going to meet all my needs, but, but there's other principles there that you're not doing in order for him to meet your needs. And so I believe God blesses stewardship. I believe there's two sides to the coin of prosperity. I don't think it's just one. I don't think it's just giving. I think there's a, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a stewardship side to the blessing of the Lord. And so we've all come from different backgrounds. We have different views on, on, on resources and money and generosity. And here's what I want you to do this morning. I just want you to reset your mind for just a moment. Give me 25 minutes. I just want you to reset your mind for just a moment on God's word. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're experiencing right now, just let the weight roll off for just a minute and let's reset on God's word. Let, let's allow God's word to wash over our soul, let him wash over our spirit, and let's see what God says about giving and generosity. So Haggai is a, is a prophet in scripture, chapter one, verse five through seven, says this, now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You live a certain way, and here's what the prophet's encouraging the people of Israel. He's saying, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord God Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. He's saying you're experiencing a level of blessing in your life, but every time that you kind of get to that place, it kind of slips through the fingertips. And he's, he's telling us in this passage to consider our ways. Consider how we're operating in this season. You know, Jesus talked about money twice as much as he talked about heaven and hell. Now, how many know heaven and hell are real issues? How many know that's eternity? I was talking to somebody this morning. I said, I think it's funny that we can trust God with our eternity that we don't even know when we're checking out of this earth and we've not been over there yet. And when we leave this place and we go to another world, we go to heaven, like we can trust God with our heavenly eternity, which is forever. But God doesn't seem to be able to handle our today. Like we can trust him with eternity, but why can't we trust him in the moment? Why can't we trust him with today? Jesus also, 16 out of the 38 parables that Jesus talked on, dealt with money and possessions. And I started to read through the parables, and it's a matter of fact on how he, how he describes money and possessions. There's over 500 verses on prayer and faith. We, we pray, we seek God, we live in faith, but there's over 2,000 verses about money and possessions. And I started to ask myself, why? Why is there so much, why did he deal with money and possessions so much? And it's not just because this thing has a potential to get a hold of you, but here's why I think Jesus dealt with money and possessions, is because it's a spiritual thing. 
Jesus didn't see money and possessions as a non-spiritual thing. He didn't just see it as, okay, we count the cost, we, you know, we, we save money, you know, and we pass on to our kids. That's great. We got to do those things. We retire, all that sort of stuff. But Jesus seen possessions and money as a spiritual thing. In other words, it's attached to your heart. Jesus would print, he would point out these sorts of things that giving is a spiritual decision and money and giving is a heart issue. Matthew chapter six, verse 21 says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus is trying to communicate that giving and, 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 and blessing and money and possessions all have to do with your heart. It is a spiritual decision. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8 says this. This is a, a lengthier version of our, of our text. Says, the, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give, listen to this, as he has decided or purposes in his heart. So giving and possessions is a heart issue. So if you have a corrupt heart, you have a corrupt view on money and possessions. Boy, it's quiet up in here today. If your heart is corrupt, you probably have a corrupt view on money and possessions. So he says, he continues to read, he says, he says, purposes in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful means to jump up and spin around like a top. Now that never happens during our offering time. He says that you're to be cheerful in your giving. It's not like, oh, here we go again, I got to build it. No, 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 no. If you see money as not static and you see it as planting, and you see seed time and harvest, and you see sowing and reaping, and you see that this is not about me, that we don't, listen, we don't give to get. We give to give. The minute you get the mentality as we give to get is when the blessing shuts off. Because what it becomes about you, we give to get. We give, we're giving, we think it's a magic wand. No, God, God's mentality is we give to give. In other words, resources just throw, flow through our lives. We just become the conduit by which the blessing of God can flow. So we give, God blesses us, and we give again. God blesses us, and we give again. It's constantly sowing and reaping. It's constantly seed time and harvest. You can only have that view if you believe what God's word says. He says this in verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you'll have all sufficiency in all things at all times. You may abound in every good Work. I love what Billy Graham said. He says it this way. If a person gets their attitude toward money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area of their life. That's a big statement from Billy Graham. It's, it's amazing to me that how true that is. He says in 2 Corinthians 9, he says, as you decide, as you purpose within your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Listen, we don't force anyone to give. We want you to talk to God. We don't, we don't put uh, manipulation tactics in place. We don't put compulsion in place. We don't do anything like, hey, if you give 1995, come on, somebody. You'll get your miracle. <laughs> no, that's not true. It's not true, right? Because if you're giving out of compulsion and you're giving out of manipulation, your miracle may not happen because you're giving out of that spirit. God says give out of a cheerful heart. So we don't, it's not a forceful thing. It's out of a grateful heart, not out of compulsion. It's, it's out of our love for God. It's an out of, I, God, I know that I was lost. 
and I was broken, and I was on my way to hell, and you interrupted my life, and I found you, and you changed me, and you rearranged me, and you transformed me, and because of that, the natural reaction to a heart touched by God is giving. So a heart touched by God gives generously, and it starts with the tithe. Now, we've heard that word tithe before, and I'm going to share on the word tithe. Tithe means this. It means the first tenth or 10% to the Lord. Now, this is, now, some people say, well, I'm a New Testament giver. Just let me help you with that in just a minute. Because if you're a New Testament giver, tenth is not in your vocabulary. Much more is in your vocabulary. Amen? Because the tithe actually predates the law. Well, that's under the Old Testament. No, it's not. Read your Bible, Abraham tithed till Melchizedek. That's pre-law, right? That's prior to the law established in the Old Testament. Now, we don't do away with the law, and there's many references to tithing in the law because it was a part of their lifestyle. It was the way they lived. It's the way they conducted business. It's how, it's how they lived. It was the mentality that, we, that, that, that they have. And, and, we, and it's the first tent. Look at, your, look at your neighbor and say, first. First tenth, okay? And I'm just sharing what the Bible says. This isn't an idea. This isn't just a concept. This is what the scripture says about your life, how to handle God's resources in your life. Listen, some folks don't talk about it. Some churches don't ever want to deal with it. They don't want to make anybody mad. But if I've not made you mad yet, I probably, amen. I've, I've said things over the years that, that I wonder, should I pull that back in? Are they ready for that? But anyway, um, the, the point is, is that, that I'm, not, I'm not nervous to talk about it. You know why I'm not nervous to talk about it? Because God's word is not, I pick my favorite part and share that part. I want to share the entire counsel of God with you. And so if you are a person and you say, well, it's, I'm a New Testament giver, so tithing doesn't apply to me. Well, if, if you're a New Testament giver, Jesus always ups the ante. Examples, ready? The law says don't murder. How many would agree the law says don't murder? Jesus says don't be angry. Who was angry this week? Anybody? Sinners? You? All of you? All of you missed the mark this week, right? Jesus always ups the ante. Think of it this way. Don't commit adultery is in the law. But what did Jesus say? Don't lust. So there's a higher level that Jesus requires in the New Testament than he does in the Old Testament under the law. So if you're going to be a New Testament giver, be a New Testament giver. Okay? So here, this is what's interesting is in, uh, tithing in the New Testament was assumed. All right? Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the most important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Hear what he says? So this is in your Bible in the New Testament. This word he, he talks about, he said you ought, is another translation. And it means a strong word of necessity. He's communicating the fact that, yes, you must do this, but you also must do this when it comes to the tithe. Now, look how Jesus talked about money in the New Testament. Luke 3.11, 
it was, it was, he said things like this, if you have two tunics, give one away. Now we, we think, okay, well that's just, you know, hey, percentage says 50%. Right, you're like, oh, it's just two tunics. Tunics were important during the day. They were vital, and Jesus tells this man, give one away. In other words, I wanna see where your heart is with 50%. Okay, all you New Testament givers, amen, here we go. Here's what he says in Luke 19. Remember Zacchaeus, remember this? Zacchaeus was a, yeah, wee little man was he, he climbed up in the sycamore tree, right? So he comes down, Zacchaeus repents, and listen to what he says. I will give half of all my possessions to the poor. Zacchaeus comes down after having a hard touch by God and says, I'm gonna give 50% away. Then he says, if anybody, if I cheated anybody, I'll pay back four times the amount. Not only did he up the ante, but he upped the ante. And this is New Testament. Also in Mark chapter 10, 21, the rich young ruler. Listen to what he says. See all you have, or excuse me, he says, sell all you have and give it to the poor. These are radical percentages. He's not just talking in New Testament terms, just the tithe. He, in New Testament, he's, ta- he's saying, sell everything. I want, think about that for just a minute. Go home, and I want you to sell everything and give it to the poor. What's left after you sell everything and give it away? Come on, folks, this ain't radical math. Nothing, nothing's left. Somebody's like, well, what about the money? Everything goes to the poor. He says, sell it all and give it to the poor, 100%. In Luke 4, 1433, he says, follow me, lay down your life, 100%. Think about these radical percentages of how Jesus communicates about money and possessions in the New Testament. I wonder what Jesus would say to an affluent America that averages 2.5% in their giving. That's where I got you. See, because Jesus has these radical percentages. It's a hard touch by God. Now, I'm not saying you go out here and give everything away. But what I am saying is, where is your heart when it comes to the attachment? Jesus is trying to say your heart is a spiritual decision. Money and possessions is a spiritual decision. So, so how are you attached to that? And he say the way you break it is through giving a heart touched by God, and it begins with the tithe. Leviticus says it this way in 2730. He says, a tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, is the Lord's and is holy. The tithe is holy. It is separate. It is different from the rest. But I will tell you this. First, blesses the rest. First blesses the rest. The first tenth blesses the rest. I believe that God opens the windows of heaven and blesses us with blessings that we cannot contain when we give 10%. Now, where are you on the journey? I'm not, this is a heart management system for you. This isn't like, okay, I'm gonna be checking who 10%, no. Where are you in your heart when it comes to the issues of money and possessions? So I want to give you a real practical illustration this morning. And, and so I, I want to show you how the 10th works. All right, so I have some friends that are going to help me. And so let's say you have 10, all right, you got 10 watermelons. 
All right, I need some friends. Where's my friends? Are you coming? Here's my friends. You got 10 watermelons. The first one, because it's the first, first one, goes to God, right? Everybody raise your hand. Say, right? Okay, so you have the first one goes to God. This is God's table over here, okay? Then you have nine watermelons to work with, okay? So then let's say God blesses you with a pineapple. Anybody like pineapple? Anybody like pineapple? Okay, so you bring the first to God, right? And you put it over here and you give it to God first. Again, these are first. This is first right out the shoot. There's 10. There's one. One is 10%. Okay, so there you go. There's, there's pineapple. All right, then we got, what is this? Spaghetti squash. Come on, somebody. God gives you something healthy. How many likes just pasta? Come on, some. They'll just scrape this out. Anyway, God gives you um, uh, uh, spaghetti squash, and he gives you 10, and you give him one. Right? So you give him one. All right? Then, then God, God continues to fill your table. Right? And so then, what is this thing? This is the butternut squash. These are weird. Okay? And so God blesses the butternut squash, and he gives you, he gives you 10, and you got one. Right? You give one to the Lord. Right now, here's God's table. Here's your table. Okay, here, okay, so God continues to bless you. Oh my gosh, overflowing. <laughs> overflowing. God gives you a green pepper. Ten of them. How many know you give the first one to God? He gives you a nice green pepper, and then he continues to give you the 90%. Look at your table. Look at God's table. Look at your table. Look at God's table, all right? And then God begins to bless you with an orange pepper, an orange one. And so there's, there's, he gives you 10 of them, right? And you, and you take one because it's the tithe, and you give it to the Lord. You give it to the Lord. Amen. There it is. God, it's first. It's, it's first. Is it yellow? What the heck? That looks orange to me. God gave you an orange and yellow one. And then, all right, and then God gives you a mango, gives you 10 mangoes, right? He gives you 10 mangoes. You take the first one, you give it to him, right? So look at God's table. Look at your table. Look at God's table and look at your table. So you take the first and you give it to God, and what's left is you have 90% left over. Then God begins to bless you even more. He brings you apples, 10 bags of apples he blesses you with. And all of a sudden, you take the first one, and you give it to the Lord. And you give it to God. If it doesn't fit on your table, just set it right overflowing right next to it. Yeah. God's table, your table. God, God continues to bless you. Ha-ha, some sweetums, oranges. He brings you 10 bags of oranges. What do you do? You're tied. You give the first one to the Lord. Your table, God's table. Your table, God's table. God continues to bless you. As you continue to give the first, God blesses the rest. What the? Green leaf lettuce. Come on, he gives you 10 green leaves of lettuce. And so he blings, you give him the first one. Everybody getting the point? He's giving you the green leaf lettuce, and you give him 10 green leaves. Give him nine, or you, you get nine, and he gets one. Amen. Let's go, people. Pick up the garden pace.
Bananas. Amen. He gives you 10 bushels of bananas. Is this a bushel? What is this? This is a, this is a pile. What? A bunch. This is a bunch. It's a bunch of bananas. So you give God a bunch. He gives you 10 bunches. You take one and give it to God. Here's your table, or here's God's table. Here's your table. God gives you cauliflower. Oh, somebody said yes. Amen. Cauliflower. Who likes cauliflower? Anybody? God gives you 10 cauliflowers, and you give him one. The first one. God's table, your table. God continues to bless you. He keeps pouring resources. Celery. He gives you 10 bunches of celery with peanut butter on it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Cream cheese. Let's, go. Let's make it real. Let's dip it in chocolate. Amen. So God gives you 10, and you give God one. Your table, God's table. See, God continues to bless you. Cantaloupe. Man. So cantaloupe, God gives you 10. The first one goes to God. God's table, your table. Now, when you look at this and you think to yourself, there's such a difference between my table and God's table. God's table has 10 items on it, all representing the tithe. Now listen, listen, to, what, listen to what Dave Ramsey said. He said, if you can't live on 90%, you can't live on 100%. It doesn't require a miracle for you to get through the month. Dave Ramsey, Mr. Financial that you guys probably have heard of, and you've went through some of his classes. You might have got rid of this part of the class, but this was a part of his class. And so the point is this, is that we give God, God, God requires us out of the tent. He, he says, I want one of these, and I want you to bring it. That's the tithe, okay? And then he said, I'm giving you 90%. Now, you say to yourself, yeah, but there's not, this is a, a weird prediction of my table, like, I don't have this much on my table. Like, I need to take this, I take this, and I need to move it over to my table. Be careful. Be careful. Taking what's God's. I heard somebody say this about tithing, that the Bible says in Malachi 3, says that we, we, God says, you're robbing me. And he says this four times about four different things in the book of Malachi. And he says, you're robbing me. How, how are we robbing you, God? And he says, with tithes and offerings. So he's telling the children of Israel, you're robbing me. You're taking my table, and you're putting it on your table. In other words, I heard somebody put it this way. A lot of people are living in stolen houses, driving stolen cars, because we rob God. Right? And so, but God, what God wants from us is God wants obedience in this area. I love what Pastor Adrian Rogers says. He says, give to God what is right, not, is, not what is left. Listen, if, if, you start to, if you start to fill your table first, like, right, you're putting all this on here, and you start to fill it up, and then all of a sudden, like, it's, it's, it's full, and God's, there's nothing on God's table, you will have nothing at the end of the month. And what happens is, is we, we give God our leftovers sometimes. We're like, okay, all right, we got it. Let's do the budget, all right, and we got to make sure we got everything we need. We got to pay the bills. We got to, blah, blah. I get it. We all got bills. We all got to pay it. But what we do sometimes is we go, okay, God, all right, I got some leftovers here for you. I might have a, a, a yellow pepper 
that's left over, and God, this, this is good. It's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring it over to your table. How do you expect God to bless you with a mentality of leftovers? Let me ask you a question. God never gave his leftovers for you. The first tithe was Jesus. He gave his life for us. It took one to save humanity. So Jesus, in fact, was the very first tithe in the earth. So a heart touched by God starts with the tithe to fuel his church. See, tithing, again, predates the law. But the Jewish people during that time, you have to understand that in the law, they had a prescribed way of doing things within the law. So you're like, well, it's, it's, uh, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. Well, can we just establish the fact that Jesus goes up, right? We know that it's predated. But in the law, it was interesting that they were required to give 10% to the Lord every, every, every time they got paid, 10% to festivals, and then every three years, they were required to give 10% to the poor. So it averages out that the Jewish people under the Old Testament gave 23% of their income away. You, know, you think about that for just a minute. Why did God put these principles in the scripture? Is because God wants us to understand that it takes faith to believe him. It takes obedience to believe him. It, it, takes, it takes a heart towards God. My heart has been so touched that God, I can bring you one watermelon first. And see, I want you to understand this morning. I, I read this from a Sir John Templeton. He's the founder of Templeton Investments. And here's what he said. I have observed over 100,000 families over my years of investment counseling. I always saw greater prosperity and happiness among those families who tithe than among those who didn't. You say, well, that, this, is, this is Sir John Temple. This is a guy that's running an investment firm. And he says, the people that I see are the most happy, happiest, the people that are living in prosperity and joy and hope is people that start with God in this area. Malachi chapter three says it this way. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. Says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how can we return? Will, mere mortal, rob, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now, I don't know about you, but if I have a decision between blessing and cursing, how many is going to choose blessing? I'm going to choose blessing. And he says this. He says, he says, bring, he says you're under curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Notice he used the word whole. He doesn't use the word half. He doesn't use the word a low percentage. He says the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, tests me in this, this is the time, this is the one time that God says for him to for us to test him. In other words, prove me in this. God's saying, look, again, this isn't about, this isn't about giving money to a church. This is about giving money to God. This is, this is about positioning our heart because we've been touched by God. It fuels the mission of the church, and hence the word storehouse. But at the end of the day, he says this. He says, when you bring it in and you, and you prove me and you test me, listen to what he says. There's like seven blessings to this. He says, 
says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. How many want that going on? Again, not to get, but to give. How many want to be so blessed the windows of heaven open over your life? Now, I'm not talking about money that just falls off a tree. I'm talking about at your work, where you're working hard, and all of a sudden you're promoted. All of a sudden, because you've been, in, uh, you've been investing, and you've been praying, and you've been seeking, that God gives you another job that increases your income. So, not so you can just live in a bigger house, but so you can give to give. There are people all around you that need your generosity. But the thing I see within the church is that we don't have any margin. We live 136% of our income. You only have 100, that means 30%, 36% is going on MasterCard and Visa. God wants us to be good stewards. It's not just the tithe. Don't just say, well, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to be blessed. Listen to me. you got to take care of the 90. Look at your neighbor and say, budget. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, trim it back. Right? Some of this stuff you got to trim back. Why? Because you want to put God first. Some of you are not in a place to tie because you waste on this side of the table. So God wants us to trim. God wants us to, to pay attention. God wants us to, to budget. And he says that I'll open it up in verse 11. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines, in other words, he's going to protect you. He's going to protect your children. He's going to protect your investments. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. Verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. God says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. You know what that means? That means that for people that tithe, God himself will stand on the property. The word devourer and, and, the, and, 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 and the word, uh, uh, I rebuke the devourer for your sake, is that God would stand on the four corners of your property. The word rebuke means he would stand on your property line and rebuke the devil from trespassing in your life. That's what Malachi 3 says. These are promises of what the Lord declares. Listen, we give it to Jesus through his church to fuel the mission and purpose of his church. I'll close with this. Again, tithing predated the law. Abraham worshiped. Don't think transactional this morning. Don't think, okay, well, let's just think numbers because I know how some of you think. Let's just think numbers for a minute. No, let's not think numbers for a minute. Let's not think transactional. Let's think relational. The reason I don't give out a compulsion and manipulation and the reason I bring the tithe is because my heart change. See, it's not transactional. It's not just numbers. It's a heart moved by what God has done in your life. And you bring the tithe. You don't give it. It's not yours anyway. You bring it. He says, when you come to bring your tithe, you bring your tithe to the storehouse. Again, Abraham worshiped. He brought the tithe to Melchizedek. It was out of worship in Genesis 14. He was worshiping God for freedom. Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4, verses uh, uh, 3 through 5 says this. We've all heard the story of Cain and Abel. It's also Hebrews 11. He said, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Why? The Bible says Cain brought some of the fruits. In other words, 
Cain went to his table and said, what do I have left to give to God? Abel said, I'm going to bring the firstborn of my flock. And he says he brings the firstborn of his flock to the Lord. And the Bible says that he received favor from the Lord. Was it because Abel was better than Cain? No. It was because Abel understood that it is a worship when I give. I don't go give my leftovers to God. I give God my first. I give God my best. Because he gave me his best. Cain brought leftovers and Abel brought first. See, to worship means to ascribe worth to someone or something. In other words, God, you're worth it. You're worth it. I worship you with it. I come and I, I bring it to you and I worship you with it. I don't come out of compulsion or manipulation or because my pastor said to. None of that, please. If that's your mentality, just keep it to yourself. But if you want to be blessed and you want the windows of heaven to open over your life and you want the enemy to be rebuked in your family, I believe some of those things I've seen in my life from a restoration standpoint happened because we're tithers. We decided from day one when we got married that was one of the non-negotiables, even if it got tight. You guys remember Gumby, the little green thing that you could stretch and it would never break? That was us at times. I was a bigger version of Gumby. But there were, there, <laughs> there were times where it was just tight but I had to make a decision. Was I gonna let tight determine my obedience? Or was I gonna continue to trust God with first? We, we've always tithed. We've grown on 26 years of marriage in December and we've always, we've always tithed. And the reason we tithe, and we're a tithing church, the reason we tithe is because God's first. We put God first because of everything he's done and changed our lives. See, because 10, the word, the reason the word 10 or the word, the 10% is important is because the word, the number 10 in the Bible is the word testing. 10 plagues, the law, 10 commandments. So 10 in the Bible is the number of testing. So tithing is a test of who has your heart. Tithing is a test of your worship. Tithing is that a heart touched by God passes the test. So here's the bottom line. Tithing teaches me to put God first, and tithing builds my faith in God. Every time I give in expectation, and I bring it to the Lord. Well, pastor, are you boasting about being a tither? No, I'm just letting you know that I'm not asking you to participate in Scripture in something I'm not doing myself. Because he touched my heart so much, I can bring 10% to the Lord. I heard a story in closing about a pastor. It was New Year's Eve. He had a family over. And his, his church had been talking about tithing and giving and possessions. And he was telling the story. He was had the family over New Year's Eve, getting close to midnight. And, you know, he's, he describes that he had those little roasty little wiener hot dogs on the stove and the barbecue sauce. Like he was, he was gearing up for a big celebration on New Year's Eve. And 
He got a phone call on New Year's Eve, and it was uh, somebody from his church, and he didn't recognize the number, but he just said, okay, I'm going to answer the phone. He answers the phone, and there's a guy on the other end of the line, and he's frantic. He's like, Pastor, I need to come to your house. And he's like, well, hold on a second. Let me make sure my security team's around. But anyway, uh, he, 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 he says, I got to come to your house. And so pastor's like, sure, man, come on over. He's like, you know, we'll, we'll talk. He's like, I just need to talk to you for just a few minutes. And I just want, I want to share with you something. So he, he comes over. And again, the pastor's been chatting on, on, on finances, finances and possessions and those sorts of things. And the, and the guy comes and he, at the, at the front entrance of the door, he opens the door and the guy falls face first into the, into the, into the lobby of his house. And he's like, oh dear Lord, <laughs> what happened to this guy? So the dude, dude's just crying. He's bawling. He's like, Pastor, I just, I just gotta, I gotta do it before midnight. And so he sits him down in the chair. He says, what, what's up, man? Like, what's the problem? He's like, Pastor, there is no problem. He's like, my life in the area of money and finances has been out of order for years. And he said, I wanna put God first. And I gotta do it before the end of this year. <laughs> and so he, 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 he says, okay, well, that, that's fine. And he says, I brought my check, I wanna give it to you. He says, I'm gonna give my tithe. And so he's like, okay, well, that, that's great. So he gives, him, he gives him his tithe. And the guy says, no, 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 I want you, I want you to open the, the check. And so he opens the check, $100,000 tithe. And it was from back tithe. He back tithe. Amen. Nobody back tithes. Amen. That's all I'm saying. His heart was so touched. And it wasn't about the money for the pastor. It's not about the money. What it's about is the man's obedience. He just went from disaligning his family to aligning his entire family with the blessing of God. And he said, I had to do it towards midnight. So the morals of the story is answer your phone on New Year's Eve. Amen kidding. The guy laid there and just weeped before the Lord and the pastor laid his hands on him and prayed for him in that moment because it's not about the money. It's not about the amount. It's about the first. It's about passing the test so God can bless the rest. Amen, everybody. You received that this morning. You received God's word today. Let me pray. I want to pray for you really quick, and then uh, Christian's going to come out and uh, take up our offering today. And so I hope this has helped you. Take back, just kind of digest it, think through it. Keep this visual in front of you. I think you're more blessed than what you realize. I think you're more blessed than what you realize. That God is blessing you more than you really realize. Take care of this. When you give this, take care of this. If you need financial help, ask for it. Ask for it. Dave Ramsey has tons of resources. We've done his Financial Peace University here for our small groups before. Ask for help if you need help, if you need budgeting. We got guys in the church that will sit down with you and they'll help you with your budget. Whatever you need, we want to be a blessing to you and help you handle that 90%, right? And so let's pray this morning. Father, we just love you today. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, your word. Thank you today for your Holy Spirit. Your, your word's true. And Lord, we just thank you that as we, as, we, as we continue to thank you for your word and your goodness, we praise you for it today in Jesus. And I pray today, Lord, that the enemy would not be able to uh, uh, divide, the enemy would not be able to put a wedge in people's minds today based on your word. But God, as we're doers of the word and not hearers only, you will open the windows of heaven to be a blessing that we might be a blessing. 
that we might give to give, that we might be your conduit to those around us that need to know you. And so, Father, we pray this morning that in Jesus' name, that we want to align our hearts with you because our heart touched by God. Lord God, it starts. You, you touched our heart in a way, so we worship you. We worship you in all areas, not just song, not, not, not in our lifestyle. Lordship, we worship you today. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I never made Jesus the Lord of my life, and today you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, that's me, or you're watching online, you say, Pastor, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to come home. I need to get my heart right in the area of my sins. I need my sins forgiven. I need them wiped away. I need to start over today. If that's you in the room, would you do me a favor? Would you raise up your hand? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you if that's you. You say, that's me. I need to make a decision to say yes. If you're watching online today, just type the word yes in the comments, and we're going to pray for you. Can we all pray this out loud together? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thank you for raising from the dead. I'm a sinner. I need you as a savior. Be the savior of my life today. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap, everybody? Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.